0: the show today to talk a little bit about population growth. I'm sure you'll see plenty of it this weekend, actually, whether it's uh, in a ferry lineup or, an, or, one, or on our, uh, one of our busy beaches. You're also going to be seeing it when it comes to our housing crisis, when it comes to finding rental accommodations. We're seeing it in our healthcare system. This Just this week, Surrey Emergency Room Physicians discussed the demands of their job and the energy it's required and the amount of people needing to use emergency services and the lack of resources as well. Uh, earlier, this This week on this show, we had Adrian Dixon, our health minister, who announced 50 British Columbians by the end of this month and every week following will receive cancer treatment at two clinics in Bellingham. Now, part of the reason was growth here in British Columbia. Take a listen to his response.
1: We're seeing, one, a significant increase in population. Two, uh, a lack of investment really over 15 years in some areas of care, which we're fixing by our 10-year cancer plan and other initiatives we're taking. Three, we have an aging population. And so what we wanted to do here is simply take advantage of circumstances that was there for many patients, which is to reduce wait times now while we take all the other measures to address the fundamental issue. If you look at the next 10 years, we're going to go from 30,000 cancer diagnoses in BC to 45,000. If you have cancer right now, as we speak, well, you want us to take action now. And that's what we're
0: doing. A lot of it, at the end of the day, as the minister said there, it comes down to population growth. and doesn't end there. Uh, earlier this week on this show, we also had the mayor of Surrey uh, on the program, Brenda Locke, and we talked a little bit about the fact that her community, uh, the schools in, in her community, there would be 400 portables in Surrey at the beginning of the school year in September of 2023. Take a listen to her comments. In Surrey, we have 77,000 kids in our
1: school district. That is significantly more than anywhere else. The challenge is the pressure for us uh, to build more and more housing is now starting to be impacted by the uh, impact it's having on some of our schools. We have schools that are 160% occupied this is not this is not good for
0: surrey students uh to the point uh, as the mayor said there double decker portables i never thought i'd ever hear something like that double decker portables well joining me now to talk a little bit about the impact of this population growth on our healthcare system on our education system uh is richard zusman global bc's legislative reporter good afternoon richard
1: Good afternoon, John.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, with all these issues may be in different sectors and different parts of our economy, but its core issue still comes down to population boom. Um, in regards to the provincial government, let's talk a little bit about portables just for a second. Uh, how do you get out of this point beyond building more and more schools? And they are building in Surrey, but it's it's we're just not staying up with the incredible demand. They build
1: a us- School in Surrey, and the day it is open, it is full, and in some cases, they are already adding portables. That's how over capacity that school district is at this point. And I would expect, as we gear up for the 2024 election, we're going to see a lot of announcements from this government announcing new schools in Surrey and Langley and other fast-growing areas in Metro Vancouver, but it takes time to build those schools. They need to acquire the land. They need to plot out the plans for the school. They need to get the permits. They need to execute, and then they need to staff. And although we have this huge population boom, uh, we don't have the staff in place for a lot of these positions that we need. And that includes at schools, at hospitals, uh, other places. So we're seeing this incredible pressure point where we are short staffed while at the same time growing to a point where we need a lot more people on the front lines working. So uh, I don't know if there is a there is no easy solution out of it. I'm not sure we're going to see a situation where this government can dig themselves out of a hole. You'll remember uh, former Premier John Horgan promised to get rid of portables in Surrey, mm-hmm. not just maintain them or go down. He said, "I will get rid of portables." Not only was he not able to get rid of portables, there is 150 more portables in Surrey now than when he made that promise. Mm -hmm. Like, this this is something that should never have been promised, but it was, and it's a failure to meet that promise, because we are seeing an issue, and as you alluded to, there are some school grounds where there are literally no more room to put a portable except for on top of another portable. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we get to that reality, I think that's going to scare a lot of parents.
0: I, I was at a basketball tournament probably a few months ago at, uh, I think it was uh, Grandview Secondary in South Surrey. And it's a brand new, beautiful school, uh, and, and I think the NDP, is, since 2017, have either built – or in the process of building up to 10,000 spaces, new spaces in Surrey. Yeah. But as you said, you open it up and, it, and it's busy from, 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 from day one. Uh, and let's move a little bit uh, to the other issue, which is uh, which has caught all of our attention this week, which is, of course, sending uh, some British Columbians for cancer treatment to Bellingham starting on May 29th, 50 people uh, a week. Do you think this is going to be become permanent? Just because the amount of Uh, resources needed to expand our system here. It's going to take time. It's semi-permanent, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And and when you listen to Health Minister Adrian Dix, I know both speaking to you uh, and also during his press conference, he alluded to the fact that this is part of the long-term goal, and there have to go. In, there are going to be questions around whether it is a tenable long-term goal. What are the costs associated with the system? Is this the most effective way to do things? You know, are we promoting, uh, you know, a private healthcare system in the United States when we could be investing back into the public healthcare system here? I think those are all challenges that uh, this government is going to look at as it looks at what this long-term solution is. It's not as simple as someone getting in their car and driving down. To the hospital in bellingham and getting their cancer treatment mm-hmm. uh there's a lot more um wrinkles to that considering you're crossing an international border but mm-hmm. you know I, you have to give it to, to health minister adrian dix he is he is willing to invest as much money as it takes to clear these backlogs to get to standards you know the reason they're doing this is because bc have fallen behind in terms of standards providing radiation after a number of weeks of diagnosis so they're willing to invest that money uh I'm just not convinced uh, that this is the long-term solution uh, to addressing those uh, concerns around standards.
0: The population issue at its core, uh, we're, we're a nation of immigrants, um, and the federal liberals have already said by 2025 we will have probably half a million immigrants coming to this country. And, I, and I'm and i old enough now, remember, we used to debate 225,000 immigrants per year coming to Canada. So it's a significant increase, number one. Uh, I recall looking at some real estate numbers of, of the, let's say, half a million or 450 at this point uh, presently, about 19%. So one out of five immigrants coming to Canada comes to Vancouver or British Columbia. Of that 19%, 16 of that 19% ends up in Metro Vancouver. How seriously is the provincial government taking this issue? Because it's not like it's stopping. It is going to continue. And it's unprecedented in our lifetime to have this many people, not just from other countries, but other provinces move to this country, this this region, Metro Vancouver specifically, but Victoria to Kelowna to Kamloops. I mean, this is unprecedented. And it is impacting us from our healthcare system to our education system. And as I said, to our housing, uh, something's got to give here.
1: Yeah, and, and I think they're taking it seriously, but... They need to ring the alarm bell to Ottawa and say, well, if 15% of those coming into this country are moving to our province, we need to get 15% of all federal money. Like We need to get money that matches uh, this distribution so that uh, we can get the housing that's built. We can get the schools that are needed. We can get the roads that are needed. We can ensure that the facilities are in place to support uh, this new population boom. That's not how it works in our country right now. And we are falling behind because of this. And we can invest and invest and invest, especially in the housing file. And then all of these other things that come with that. But if we're not getting the federal backing to match that population growth, we are going to fall behind quickly. And then it's compounded by this issue of an aging population when it comes to the healthcare system so the cancer challenges are largely linked to this gray wave people are getting older we are seeing diagnoses at higher rates you you ran the clip around minister dicks uh breaking down those numbers in terms of what we're seeing we're we're seeing uh hospital use go up uh one of the the systemic problems is the people are being placed in hospital when they should be put in long-term care facilities uh, because there just aren't enough long-term care spaces for people so these are all massive problems that take staffing physical resources uh, and the, one of the challenge one of the things bc needs to be doing is putting more pressure on ottawa to properly compensate the province for taking on uh, this sort of uh, level of immigration
0: just joining us, we are speaking to Global BC's Richard Zussman. A lot of things on our plate uh, this week: uh, population growth, uh, which is of course impacting our healthcare system, our um, education system, many other uh, challenges uh, for the government uh, today. The Supreme Court of Canada uh, decided against a former Cellox School trustee uh, in a defamation case. Uh, basically, uh, former BCTF, BC Teachers Federation president Glenn Hansman, uh, made a statement criticizing Mr. Newfeld's comments. Uh, this was specifically around uh, the in 2017, uh, it was an attack on the Ministry of Education's SOGI 123 program, which uh, aims to foster inclusion for students who face uh, discrimination based on gender identity. Mr. Neufeld uh, was not in support of SOGI 123, uh, and the Supreme Court of Canada decided Mr. Hansman's comments in 2018, uh, where he called Mr. Neufeld's uh, comments uh, bigoted, transphobic and hateful, uh, and they uh, considered them to be fair comment today. Uh, that was in the past. The decision, of course, came down today. Uh, Richard, in m- many cases, that conversation around SOGI in regards to uh, what our schools are teaching, and for some people, they feel that schools have gone too far, that the role at its core should be left to parents, not to schools. That conversation, that debate, uh, that culture war uh, still continues at the, at the, at the uh, school level.
1: Yeah, it's important to note that those opposed to SOGI-123 are in the minority, the significant minority. The debate still exists, the conversation still exists about what is the role of the classroom to discuss sexuality and how is it discussed? For example, my daughter is in grade six. We just got a letter that came home yesterday from the school uh, telling us that they are going to be receiving a sexual education seminar next week. What schools are doing here is attempting to work with parents to communicate what their kids are going to be learning in the classroom and working towards uh, fostering that learning at home as well. I think the viewpoints of Barry Newfeld and others are antiquated. They are in the minority. Uh, the electorate sent a message to Barry Newfeld in the last election not to send him back to school board. He has been a lightning rod um, around this issue, hugely controversial, uh, and, and spouting largely hate. Uh, this court case uh, protects, you know, Glenn Hansman and the criticism that the courts ultimately determine uh, were corrected. So I'm not sure what precedent a case like this sense. We know that Barry Neufeld is litigious. He brought this all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. This worked its way out through the courts. Glenn mm-hmm. Hansman won every step of the way here. Uh, but ultimately, you know, now the top court in the land has determined this. But you're right. There is a, there is a conversation in our community happening. We're seeing organizations attempt to, you know, run in school board elections to wage this as their singular issue. But uh, it is. It is a minority issue. Most British Columbians support the idea of inclusion uh, and having those conversations of inclusion in the classroom and understanding about, you know, the, the sexual spectrum and about SOGI and about uh, gender identity.
0: Yeah, and it is going to continue. We see it in uh, the debates that are quite um, polarizing in the school at the, at the school board level. We've had people booted out of school board meetings in, yeah. in Mission and in, in, in the Okanagan, and it's going to continue. It's not just a BC thing. It's happening across Canada. Canada, and especially uh, in the United States, where it's where it's, where it's very yeah. polarized. But let's—I got about a minute left here. I just want to ask you uh, a question on the other big issue this week. Of course, that is municipalities across the province looking to ban uh, the use of hard drugs in public places. We had uh, Katie Newstater, uh, Kamloops uh, councillor, on with us yesterday on this issue. Nanaimo has been debating and discussing this issue this week. Maple Ridge and many other municipalities throughout BC. Can we expect something from from the BC government to, to look at this as a, as a BC? wide issue, especially because we have decriminalized drugs of up to two and a half grams of hard drugs. Can we expect something in the next few weeks on this issue?
1: Yeah, I expect that parks will be added to the list of places where hard drugs are not allowed to be used. So as part of that decriminalization, uh, schools were a restricted area. Uh, I expect that parks will be added to that, especially if we start seeing more kids going to parks. I spoke to Tom Dias, the Kelowna mayor uh, for Focus BC today on BC1. You know, he raised this issue as well. The communities want the support, but a patchwork approach community-to-community will work. They need the province to step in and add parks, and and I expect that they will uh, at some
0: point soon. Richard, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a great weekend, Josh. For most of us,
1: crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and all podcast platforms.